Hello and welcome everyone to the North Davis Podcast, where we have conversations about faith in Jesus, what's going on in our lives, the world around us, and how those things all interact. I'm your host and friendly neighborhood youth minister, Chris. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Hey, North Davis, welcome back to the Indie Pod. It's been a little bit because our summer has started, and praise the Lord, we are back to doing our normal summer camps. It has been something like 700 days since we have done summer camps uh, in light of the COVID pandemic and everything else. And so, man, it is so good to be back traveling with students and uh, getting to share in the summer experience and see what the Lord has for us in store this summer. Uh, And so I apologize, it has been a few weeks since we've gotten to release an episode to you. We've got several recorded and ready to go in the hopper, and so uh, we hope that it won't be too long before we're able to release uh, the subsequent episodes this summer. Coming to you now is an interview that we had with Gabe Lasky, who is our male summer youth intern, and we recorded this uh, several weeks ago. You'll hear us mention some dates, uh, and this is from before Camp Kadish and before Camp Glow as well. So this is uh, several weeks ago now. Gabe has since uh, had his wedding that we will discuss in this interview, uh, and it just really is a stellar interview. Uh, Those of you who are romantics in the audience will especially appreciate the story about how they got together, but all of you uh, who are Jesus followers will just so appreciate the sincerity with which Gabe uh, approaches his relationship with his now wife and uh, just the kind of guy he is, the person that God has made him to be. Uh, And so it really is an enjoyable interview to get to know Gabe a little bit better. Here we go. Hey, North Davis, this is episode seven of the ND pod. Thanks for sticking out with us uh, in studio for today. We have uh, Gabe Lasky. Gabe, how are you doing today? Hello, hello, hello. North Davis, really great being with you. Uh, thanks for letting me join, Chris. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty stellar. Yeah, man, this is, you said the first time you've spent the summer in Texas, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. This is going to be my first introduction to uh, the fiery furnace. So <laughs> we'll see if I fare through it as well as uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Wow. Well, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad <laughs> from what I've heard. <laughs> it is. Although we're getting, as we've talked about, we're getting a weird summer in terms of uh, rain, keeping it cool. So you have yet to really experience what June in Texas can be. Even right. though summer doesn't technically start until the 21st, I think, it's first day of summer. Yeah, so something like that. It won't quite be the fiery furnace. I had a buddy freshman year of college who had spent time in the Army and had served in Iraq. And he said they would come back from patrol or whatever, and he would take his helmet off and just, like, dump <laughs> sweat and, like, audible splashes oh my gosh. of yeah, you know, moisture coming out of their helmet. Said it was like 120 degrees in, in their combat gear and everything. <laughs> like, so sometimes when I'm complaining about heat, I think like I could be wearing full body armor in the desert and it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that perspective shifting is helpful in everything. But wow, I feel humbled. <laughs> <laughs> so tell folks that don't uh, know you, haven't got the chance to, to meet you, this is your first Texas summer because you're not a Texan. You are, in fact, an 
I don't know the word. <laughs> Texan is easy. Yeah. Californian, Floridian. What are you if you're from Ohio? Uh, you are an Ohioan. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. sound right. It, it is right. Okay. I know it well, doesn't I'll, sound I'll, right. I have to believe you because yeah. it's your state. But uh, Where or, in Ohio? Yeah. yeah. So I was I, – well, I, I wasn't born in Ohio, but essentially spent my entire, uh, my entire life up mm-hmm. to this point mm-hmm. – you know, just growing up there. So I, I grew up in uh, in a little suburb outside of Cleveland, um, sure. right along North, or, or I'm sorry, right along Lake Erie. So you know, nice kind of Great Lakes climate, uh, lots of fishing. Even though I didn't do a whole lot of that, and <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot of boating. Even though my family didn't have a boat, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I grew up in Chagrin Falls. So it's a really quaint Midwestern town. Uh, kind of sandwiched in between the city and Amish country, so lots oh. of what did, what yeah. what officially qualifies as Amish country? Um, what officially qualifies as Amish country is when you cross into a city limit and all of a sudden there aren't cars there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I don't yeah. think this is correct, but in my brain I'm imagining like we have Native American reservations where right. it's like actually independent land. The Amish do not have the same thing, or they do. That that's a great question. So, you know, obviously the the Amish are pretty separatist in yes, their right. theology, and so they they don't really believe in municipalities in general. Okay. They believe that the church should be the entire societal structure. Mm. So they live in towns, but I think because of their religious status, I. Th- think they're tax exempt don't quote me on that but they're like their whole community would be tax exempt yeah it's kind of like a commune oh um but it's like in unintegrated land like part of the county but maybe not the city or i i would probably have to ask like the city council or yeah something like yeah that. i'd but be curious like what the tax laws would be on that yeah that's interesting it, it it might very well be um like you said, like unincorporated or mm-hmm. unintegrated mm-hmm. land because it's yeah, that's the word. totally, yeah, they really do have their own world. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about being outside of Cleveland, but when we talked about sports, you said your mm-hmm. allegiance NFL wise is to the Steelers, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my, my mom grew up in uh, Warren, Ohio, which is right by Youngstown. And uh, so that is, that's the region of Ohio that's kind of like sandwiched into the foothills of the Appalachia. Okay. You know, you start, it, it's right next to the Pennsylvania border. And okay. I mean, yeah. Youngstown to Pittsburgh is a short little drive. Whereas What's Youngstown. What's a short little to, drive for a uh, northern? I don't know, maybe like 35, 40. 45 minutes oh so close close yeah yeah (laughs) it's so weird to hear people talking about traveling in the north i mean not that ohio is a small state but thinking about pennsylvania anything oh right yeah northeast like in texas it's like oh you know it's 45 minutes to get to like the mall (laughs) right you know i take 45 you you could drive 10 hours south and still still be in texas Texas. (laughs) yeah i know there there is something wrong with that in my opinion we're too big terrifying yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah no, 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 no. Country, i'm talking right? like 45 minutes i'm not talking a 10-hour yeah. drive right. to so real Corpus close Christi to or whatever okay yeah well that seems reasonable then yeah so anyway steelers yeah, yeah. sorry so no steelers but cavaliers for basketball oh yeah definitely Cavs for basketball and you said not really a baseball fan so the indians not real uh, not as follower. much of a baseball fan yeah fair enough but um hometown pride for sure with that and cool staying staying true to the tribe yeah, yeah. okay 
you also introduced me recently to something I didn't know existed, <laughs> which was uh, professional track, uh, which apparently is a thing beyond the Olympics. Oh, it most certainly high is. High school and collegiate sports. But uh, tell the, the people listening, you are a track athlete at the one and only Abilene Christian University, Scratch'em Cats. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Yeah. So, what's your uh, what's your event? What do you do on the track team? Yeah, um, I love track and field. I think uh, any young person, any young athlete, should try track and field because I, you know, it's a it's sort of foundational to every other sport. If you can learn, you know, good body control and you know just sort of kinesthetic awareness that comes with hmm. sprinting or hurdling or jumping, I think it transfers really well. So that is my plug for all parents who have mm-hmm. young kids and are saying, oh, it, maybe they should play a sport. Yes, they should, and it should be track and field. Um, <laughs> At what age can you start? Like, they have, you know, uh, martial arts, you could start kids real young. They yeah. have flag football, t-ball, you know, soccer. Is there any track and field? I mean, middle school we had it, but is there anything younger than that? Yeah, uh, there are any number of... Uh, public and private track teams all across the state of Texas. So one one advantage that Texas has is it's warm and it's big. And there's a lot of people here. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they take sports very seriously. So do we. Um yeah, gosh, I mean just in in the DFW Metroplex alone, there's tons of opportunities to get kids. I I mean, I'm talking like 3 and 4 involved in and sort of like beginner track clubs interesting yeah uh, yeah i would not have guessed that i i just that's not my world i never would have known yeah that's yeah. interesting okay um, but anyway sorry to answer your first question uh pole vaulted and ran um a bunch of sprint relays in high school and messed around with uh the 300 hurdles a little bit and then when i got to college i was uh, I, I was recruited to acu as a decathlete and competed in the and the decathlon, uh, which is a man, that's a heck of a time for anyone who ever wants <laughs> to try that. Uh, I am stepping down from the decathlon this year because it is a uh, it's a tremendous event, but it's it's a time requirement that sure. is almost ungodly, <laughs> and it, t- it took a little bit too much of a toll on my body. So sure. uh, the pole vault and the four hundred meter hurdles are kind of my niche. And, uh, yeah, 400 meter hurdles, meaning, uh, just the one of you, not a relay hurdle. Right. Yeah. It is a one lap sprint over 10 barriers. So (laughs) I I know like a, a 400 meter sprint at the highest level. uh, I'm pretty sure like if in an Olympic trial, you're talking about like 48, 49, 50 seconds for sprinting a lap. Yes. For, for just the 400 sprint of a 400. I, so yeah, I mean the sports progress where you're now talking maybe 43 or 44 seconds. Okay. So 45. Oh, that's the the top level. Yeah. 44. Uh, hurdles obviously take more time. What's the time differential? Do you know? Yeah. What's elite 400 meter hurdle speed? You can usually add three to four seconds to your flat 400 meter time to get a rough conversion for your 400 hurdles time. Just three or four seconds. Yeah, yeah. Really? So um, the world record uh, currently is held by uh, Kevin Young um, from the United States, and mm-hmm. he set it mm-hmm. back in the in the 90s. So it's it's fairly old, but he ran like 46.7. 
six seconds. Well, I would have thought, and this is probably just because I'm imagining myself running hurdles, but I would have thought it would have added so much more time. But I guess part of the game is is figuring out how to efficiently, like you're talking about moving your body in such a way that it requires... Uh, very little slowdown. Yeah, yeah. It's all really about a step pattern. Um, mm, so yeah. when you get uh, – so with, with Kevin Young, you know, he was running um, – you know, one time he ran 46.7. That was the world record. Usually he was in the low 47-second um, range for the 400-meter hurdles. <laughs> so he had a big day and ran half a second faster. <laughs> yeah, or a quarter <laughs> second faster, yeah, <laughs> and because uh, that is a big day. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I mean, in the four by 400 meter relay, he had split, you know, I think maybe 44 flat or 43 mm-hmm. high. And so there is kind of that three second conversion time yeah. um, still. But, yeah, it's Impressive. It, it is definitely you never want to kill momentum. It's kind of a game of just being efficient and making sure that you're always moving in a forward direction. Right. You're, you're never hitting the brakes to jump over a hurdle. You're you're actually hurdling and not not soaring over it yeah so a lot of people uh, have to measure out their stride lengths and figure Mm. out exactly how many steps they take between hurdles and and then you have to learn how to alternate hurdle legs because you often don't take an Mm -hmm. odd number of steps and or an even number of steps and um you know line up on the same leg right and i assume the hurdles are all spaced out evenly though yeah yeah they're all uh 35 meters apart so yeah fascinating yeah. Well, when you're not running uh, hurdles and this last year training, like you said, for the decathlon, uh, you, I assume, do some time in study. You are a <laughs> biblical text major. Um, did you know before you were recruited to ACU, did you know you wanted to pursue uh, a Bible degree and, and, and that ACU recruiting just kind of lined up with your plans or uh, how did you arrive at that, that decision? Yeah. Um, so I have had the uh, sort of this conviction or, or a calling of sorts to go into pastoral ministry since I was like 13. And that's, that's kind of odd because I, I didn't grow up in a, a ministry family. I, I don't have any family members that are, um, you know, church staff of any sort. But, you know, when it came to a vocation in the future, I never really had any question as to what I, I felt you know, called to do. It was always to become a minister, become a pastor. So I, I knew going into the college search that I wanted to attend a, a Christian school mm-hmm. with, you know, a good Bible, to, uh, Bible program so that I could be equipped in any sort of future, future ministry I was doing. I, I didn't go to a Christian high school or anything like that. So it, it really was important to me to find some kind of place like ACU that has an affiliation to Christ yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and sort of be educated in an environment that is based on faith and not just, you know, academic scholarship. So, uh, yeah, no, I've, 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 I knew about the pastoral thing okay. before. So recruitment. was it track or the Bible department that got your attention first? I just imagine being in Ohio you know, Abilene, Texas, I would think is not high on your, on your list or your radar. So what, what kind of got your attention first? Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is, um, I had never knew about ACU until my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I started a college search and my, uh, uh, you know, I was really blessed in my high school to have individually chosen 
college counselors um, that helped us in the selection process. And so I, I would meet with her name was Miss Cafori. And I used to meet with her um, like every couple of weeks just to talk through like where we were and stuff. And she heard that I wanted to compete in track, uh, hopefully at the division one level. And I was interested in going to a Christian school. I wanted to get a Bible degree. So, you know, she started putting down all the schools that kind of fit that description. Mm -hmm. And ACU was at the top of the list by alphabetical order. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I thought, hey, what the heck? I I went to Texas to visit Baylor. Yeah. And um, I went to Baylor, and it, it just wasn't my cup of tea it was sure. a little too large for me to be honest and uh i we went to acu as an afterthought mm-hmm. and uh really within five minutes of stepping on campus it went from the afterthought to my first choice yeah and uh, it remained that way <laughs> yeah. yeah that's cool I, I had a somewhat similar experience not that i really had an alternative plan i knew i wanted to get a bible degree and uh, somebody had told me about acu um I had been on other college campuses just growing up in Texas. We have a lot of opportunities to end up on, you know, University of North Texas, uh, UT's campus I had been on, Baylor's campus I had been on. Um, and I also just was out on the, you know, city-like mm, yeah. university <laughs> model. Um, and, yeah, going to ACU, it was just like, man, this just feels good. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's that's cool. Uh, one of the unique things about you, and uh, it's not a situation I imagine most youth ministers run into, but <laughs> you had told me during an interview and then afterwards that it had come up uh, in every interview as you told prospective employers that you were going to be getting married this summer. And you knew that would be a, a problem for some people's jobs. Um, yeah, really it felt like <laughs> You and I uh, clicked well, would work well together. Um, and so we took a gamble on you despite uh your getting married soon and taking a week off of work <laughs> you are torn, turning 21 in july yeah okay so um at the christian school we say ring by spring <laughs> that's not quite your story with anna your fiance um y'all are uh, high school sweethearts is a term i've heard you use right yeah that's, that's kind definitely of, one way to put it but kind of, yeah, but kind of <laughs> yeah. in a unique way right so yeah. give us the short version of your ooey gooey romantic <laughs> story <laughs> um gosh you the know shortest version that does it justice anyway the shortest version that does it justice yeah so um well i guess i'll i'll just briefly start uh in the beginning i suppose <laughs> 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 A wonderful uh, place to start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, summer of 2015, uh, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was just about to start high school, I guess. <laughs> um, my my church was sponsoring a uh, a missionary family in Taiwan, uh, okay. the Hefners. And so Mark Hefner was going to bring over a Taiwanese youth group to the United States, to Cleveland, Ohio, so mm-hmm. that they could... Um, yeah, basically have a mission trip um, in Cleveland for, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks. My family offered to, um, you know, host uh, these Taiwanese students coming in, and I built a relationship with um, uh, some of the Taiwanese students and with Mark, got to go around to some, you know, different 
uh, churches, some different, you know, outdoor venues where they were doing outreach services, just spending time with them. And I was, I was really taken. I was like, wow, this is an amazing group of people. And I, I loved getting to share in their culture and getting to find unity in Christ, despite our, you know, many differences, them being, uh, you know, aboriginal Taiwanese and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. me being a middle-class white guy in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a, about as far apart as it gets, I imagine. Just about. Culture-wise, yeah. I, I think so. The next summer, 2016, my youth group had the opportunity to reciprocate that trip. So we were going to go to Taiwan mm-hmm. to Mark's youth group uh, or to Mark's church and, uh, you know, spend a couple weeks there. I, I just thought, wow, this would be awesome and uh, get to reconnect with all those people and get to, you know, partake in, in Taiwan and do some ministry there. So I went over and on the second day I met Anna, who is Mark's uh, daughter. Okay, so she had not come. She had to not Ohio come before. to right. Okay. I I didn't even know she existed. Okay, so um, you had a connection with this group from Taiwan, but didn't know Anna. Met her going to Taiwan. Right. Yeah, okay. I met her in uh, Taichung, uh, Taiwan, on the second day of our trip, and just thought, "Wow, this girl is awesome." <laughs> so this is yeah. I was 15 years old. Had just <laughs> okay. finished my freshman year of high school, uh-huh. and uh, I. The more time I spent with her, I really fell in love with the fact that she was in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, She, you know, her entire life uh, revolved around the ministry that her parents were doing. And so, you know, there are a lot of missionary kids out there that their parents are the missionaries and the kids are just kind of along for the ride and Mm. some of them don't want to be there. Some of them, you know, will grow up to resent their parents, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, being kind of lodged into this third culture setting and not knowing how to be, you know, part of this different nationality. That that certainly was not the case for Anna. She was a missionary. (laughs) She Mm. actually was a you know a key component in the ministry that her parents were doing over there she speaks beautiful mandarin she loves the people was mandarin born Chinese, there is that what they speak yeah mandarin Taiwan? yes okay. yeah that's um yeah that's that that is uh that's the chinese language yeah um and, yeah. and help me out is anna's family um are they taiwanese citizens mm. native to the country how did uh, right uh I, great question so her dad Grew up as a missionary kid in Taiwan, okay. but his parents are from uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. And so he is Oregonian, I guess, <laughs> and technically. Yeah. And, um, and Anna's mom, uh, Laura, actually grew up in my hometown in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that. Okay. So they are American by nationality mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, you know, so is Anna, um, but yeah, I met her and really just fell in love with you know her passion to uh, serve the Lord and serve the church and started building this friendship with her and then this relationship. And I went back home to Ohio. We had to communicate via Facebook Messenger because ah, I didn't have classic. a I didn't have a phone plan to reach overseas. Right, and that could be expensive in a hurry. Yeah, you know, thirteen hour time difference. So every time I was oh, waking up, yeah. she was going to bed. And, uh, yeah. Interesting. So were you guys communicating back and forth like 
day one you get home, like you're sending her a message. Had y'all talked about it like before you left? It was like, hey, we're gonna be pen pals. Was it was love already in the <laughs> air, or was or were you pursuing? And she was like, no, uh, I'm not interested. I'm dating <laughs> Jesus right now. Like, or, or, what, what was that? Yeah. Like? Well, I confessed my love to her. Uh, like two weeks after, or a week, maybe and a half after meeting her. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't make it very long. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're uh, a week into your mission trip. Yeah. In a country you've never been in, uh, and six days into knowing her, and you were like, "Bam." Yeah. When you say confessing your love, yeah, yeah. are you using the L word? Uh, no, no, I, I actually okay. didn't use the L word. So you were smart enough not to <laughs> scare her off too bad. Yeah, but but told her like, hey, I find you fantastic. I I literally told her that Anna, I think you are the most astounding young woman I've ever met, and I would love to continue pursuing you with your permission. Wow! And I asked her dad that beforehand too. Okay. Uh, because I yeah, I what was thought. Dad's response? Oh, he was thrilled, which really? I that's cool. I was so grateful for. We we were extraordinarily young. Uh, like really young, right? But uh, one thing that I I thank God for is I I, I <laughs> now as we are getting married, I feel like I just had an incredible amount of conviction to pursue her from the start. Hmm. Uh, there there was a lot. There's an unusual amount of determination yeah. I think involved in the early stages of our. Um, friendship and relationship, and I I wasn't sure. I don't know if y'all were ever friends. It sounds like you went straight for yeah. Romance, you know, well, like you, yeah. it sounds like you always kind of knew like we're interested in something more than friendship. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I knew that was that's kind of like yeah. the stuff you make like really bad Christian movies about is meeting Definitely. on the mission field. <laughs> I I I have a future career as a writer and executive for Pure Flix. If anyone is listening. <laughs> I so want to see this movie made. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to watch your story <laughs> be brought to the screen. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so yeah. you ask Dad. <laughs> he's thrilled. You ask Anna, and her response is... Yes. Yes. Her response is yes. So I you feel the same way. A very mature move. <laughs> permission to pursue. Like, she's a target. Permission to pursue. She agrees, and so... Okay, and then yeah, next steps. You come home. Your Facebook messaging. Yeah. What is, what are the next year, two years? Yeah, look for like? sure. Um, well, the next couple years sort of unfold in mostly long distance context, where, uh, you know, I'm I'm talking to her. Um, you know, when I'm. Again, like I said, when I'm waking up, mm -hmm. she's going to bed, and we're just trying to manage that time difference and still be able to have like meaningful conversations with each other. We, we yeah. were, we were very um, adamant about just getting to know each other and, right. and, and really actually to become good friends. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. know the attractions there, but also know, Hey, we, yeah. we need a foundation of knowing each other well. And, and you know, it was, it was really rocky, um, especially through that, first year because I, I I really wasn't able to see her um, in person and uh, we broke up a number of times thinking that oh maybe this isn't <laughs> yeah. uh, the right thing it's maybe this is the right time right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to keep momentum moving forward but by the grace of God um, 
she, uh, yeah, we somehow communicated clearly enough and with enough consistency to keep things moving forward. Yeah. She came back on furlough with her family in I think 2017 to 2018, mm-hmm. not for that whole year, but for multiple months kind yeah. of bridging, bridging those two years. So that would have been two years after or, or a year or one year after you were in Taiwan. Right. Two yeah. Years after your first meeting with that. Church. something along those yeah. lines yeah and okay. you know so i i got to spend some substantial time with her because she was in ohio for months during right. that period right. and then uh, i i think that was you know great for us and she got to come back um similar to furlough again in 2019 mm-hmm. and I, by then we we were you know much much stronger uh, right. i think in our relationship but yeah i I was blessed in that I came to ACU, and her family is also generously supported by a church here in in the in the DFW area. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Hefners relocated back to the states to pick up a new ministry opportunity, okay. and Anna came back with them. Uh, so so full time, right? They're full time back here. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, which could not really have worked out better to be honest with you because I, I I wasn't sure where she or her family would end up so the fact that it was Texas in a relatively close location is uh, again I'm just so grateful yeah because they're right here that. in Fort Worth uh yeah they're like over in Benbrook yeah, yeah so just like two hours away from Abilene yeah which is way different than being 13 hours worth of time zone away. yes <laughs> yes exactly so um we're in 2021 now you're yeah. getting married in Six days, right? What's today? Today's Thursday, the third of June. Um, so seven days. Seven. Yeah. So next Thursday is the wedding. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Oh my gosh. So rewind us to the engagement. Um, <laughs> you talked about her coming back on furlough, and then family took a, a, a full time ministry opportunity here yeah. in Texas. Um, at what point did you guys agree to be married officially? When did you? Pop the question. Although it sounds like that was yeah. probably always on on y'all's minds. Um, it was mo- much more of a courtship than a dating relationship. Very not casual, uh, from from what I'm yeah. hearing you say. Uh, but when did you make it official? I yeah, and I, th- I think you're right on in saying that it was it was not um, it was not your American picture of high school dating. Right. Uh, it it yeah, was not at all. Yeah. It, it was. Stained with a lot of tears, and mm. it was also met with pretty much like incommensurable joy. Yeah, uh, I feel yeah. Like any parent listening to this is like, "Where is this young man for my daughter who would travel around the world, and, <laughs> yeah, you know, and meet my my daughter and and tell them that they are, you know, such an admirable person and have a, such a strong relationship with Christ." Like, that's a very different idea than. Yeah, dating doesn't sure. seem to quite cover it, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think the Bible is, uh, you know, really should prompt um, any man uh, in relationship to lay down his life, uh, because you know, you, you get this household code in uh, you know Ephesians five, and Paul goes on to say that you know husbands lay down your your lives Mm -hmm. for your wives in the way that Christ did for the church from the start of our relationship. And again, I, I, this, this is kind of an oddity because we were so young. I I think I had 
uh, or received, I guess, some kind of clarity that if I was going to pursue Anna, it would involve me laying down my life. Yeah. And in that it, a relationship it did. would be sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is such a powerful message. Yeah. In a world where so much of what we do, whether even just the activities we choose to do, but especially relationships are based on what is going to happen for me. Mm. What am I going to get out of this? Right. Mm. Is this, when I go to church, is it going to be a good experience for me? Am I going to like the worship? Um, Is this person going to make me happy? Are they going to do and say the things that make me feel good? Um, (laughs) It's just so hard to conceive because I was a pretty good kid. I really was. Um, Some of my high school ex-girlfriends might disagree, but I just, you know, think (laughs) of like even me, like being that like pretty good, solid youth group kid. um, My dating perspective was probably light years beyond many of my peers, but it wasn't. At yeah, that level yeah. you're talking about, like, and even now being a parent, like, relationship is sacrifice. Love mm. is sacrifice. Like, what do you think happened in your life that you were able to, at 15, look at a woman, hmm. a young woman at that time, 15, you said? Yeah. W- what do you think led you to a point where at 15 you were like, I, I think this person's worth all the, you talked about tears, <laughs> all the, yeah. you know, mental, emotional challenges um what do you think brought you to a place where you're like yeah i I can lay down my life for this person even you know of course we never fully know what that means when we fall in love but um part of just like following christ part of it is is continuing to grow and learn as we go what that commitment means but but yeah what do you think got you to that point where you felt like you could do that at, at such a young age that that's oh my gosh just so many different directions to take that and s- some of them might even have to wait for a different podcast or, yeah, or well, something we got you like for that eight more weeks so. um but i think the shortest answer is a realization of how much christ has already done for me mm-hmm. um you know the gospel simply is the message that jesus has done everything Absolutely everything. <laughs> you know, there there is nothing I need to do to, you know, be justified in his sight. There is nothing I can do to merit adoption into the family of God. And uh, and, and there's, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of confidence that comes with that realization. Mm, because yeah. once you walk in the truth that Christ has already done for me, then it becomes a lot easier to get to the point where you can say, now I can do something for him. Um, I, so, you, you know, you get there kind of this law and gospel tension, this, this difference between indicative and imperative, the indicative of, you know, something already being accomplished and the mm-hmm. imperative of something that you're doing. So I, I think I, so I, I came to know Lord when I was 11. Um, that, that is when I understood the message of Jesus, and I, I think I was saved. And, yeah, again, for whatever reason, I've always been a pretty, like, introspective person, I guess. And I've also had a pretty acute uh, realization of my sin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, which, again, <clears throat> I think we could— talk about that at, at, at some different time but uh yeah when you <laughs> when you realize how 
little you deserve, I suppose. Um, or actually, I won't even say that. How broken you are, and yet how Christ has done everything to bring you back into the sphere of his love. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, I just want to be able to extend that kind of love to another person. Sure. Um, and I, I think that marriage is very unique and that it is one of the most beautiful gospels that we get to preach as Christians. Uh, it is the sacrificial act of continually coming back to another person in patience and perseverance and kindness and gentleness and love mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and getting to lay down your life for them. I, I know that this is sort of thematic and I keep coming. I, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but a lot of things in the Christian life are thematic. Yeah. Um, hence why okay. we are called Christians, you know, at right. Christ. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't know if that answered your question at all. Uh, it did, <laughs> you know, I think I'm especially being in the line of work I am, um, and I'm thinking about again, parents listening and, and, and I think any uh, person who is pursuing Christ and wanting to train their children to pursue Christ and, um, discover what a fulfilling life that is. Yeah. Um, I just got to feel like your perspective and your attitude is one that is not common. Mm, even even among the church and so i just wonder well thanks i I appreciate that that's really kind of you chris thanks and i gotta tell you you know there are people that you know it's obviously nothing about you individually because um they didn't know you but there there were people that when i said oh you know our our summer intern we'll we'll lose him for a week because he's getting married he'll go on his honeymoon and really you hired a married a guy's getting married, like you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. it just kind of throws a little. A few people you mentioned that there were people that literally, you know, were not going to offer you a job. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I, I remember telling one specific person who uh, I trust their judgment and um, very wise and experienced person, um, but this person was was really surprised that I hired somebody who was planning to get married, and uh, had not. I don't think you had even started, so I was going off of. A forty-ish minute interview and precious little. Yeah. Uh, but but I I, t- I said there's two kinds of people in my experience, having also gone to a Christian college and and uh, seen a lot of people get married mm. uh, at a fairly young age, certainly compared to the national average of you know I think twenty-seven and a half probably is the national average yeah. of getting married nowadays. Yeah. Certainly at a Christian college, it's it's younger than that. But but I said there's two kinds of people in my limited experience that get married at a young age and and then in college. There's the kind of people that went to school knowing they wanted to find a spouse and they got married in a hurry uh, and they struggled and they got divorced mm. fairly quickly. And yep. I had there's at least two different couples that are coming to mind right now that I know got married and got divorced within two years. Yeah. Um, because at least one or both of them had significant undealt with emotional brokenness um, or just wanted to be married and didn't care enough who to, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, so there's those kind of people and there's other people that choose to get married um, and they have the maturity and the character uh, and the depth of character to be able to, to mm. do that and do it well um, and also to do their job well, like like yeah. uh, like I anticipate you doing this summer. Um, and I, I believe you to be in the latter. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> I, I, I pray so. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and I, like I said, I just, you know, it's such a terrible format that we do to hire interns where we do this like speed dating type thing for y'all that, that don't know there's a time usually in late fall 
where youth ministers gather at whatever school of their choice. Uh, many of us will go to multiple schools, and we go to intern fairs, they're called, and we send in our church profile and what position we're looking for and how much we pay, uh, and y'all sign up for six, eight, ten, twelve interviews, however many you want to do, and we have 30 minutes time slots. Uh, I was just coming off of having been diagnosed with COVID. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. so I had... Uh, Planned to be in Abilene like I do every year, but we did ours over FaceTime, I guess. Yeah. And, and it's this terrible thing where in 30 minutes you've got to decide, do I think this person will do a good job? Are they a good fit? Um, will we get along? Or do I think this person's going to be a thorn in my side? You know, are they going to make, <laughs> are they going to triple the amount of work I have to do? And, you know, are they, are they going to be <laughs> able to connect with your, your thinking of your students? And, you know, is is so-and-so going to like this person? And, ooh, I bet they'll really get along with him. And, uh, you know. Um, if I triple the amount of work you have to do, <laughs> I'm just apologizing in advance it's, now. It's a medical show, so it doesn't quite apply. But it, there's a very uh, – a show that I love a lot, medical show. And um, re- referring to medical interns, the doctor says, uh, <laughs> you know, show me an intern who only triples my work and I'll kiss his feet kind of thing. It's a kind of the idea, you know, th- there is work involved in, in training people in ministry. Um, and certainly there is, but but it, I find it to be such a joy. Um, but we've had some real challenges with interns. Mm, and yeah. I've told you about a couple of them. Yeah, Y'all listening sure. are probably uh, aware to some degree. Um, and you really, you don't know what you're getting after a 30-minute interview. Definitely. Right? You just don't. And so... Uh, but at the same time, you have to, there is something to, we call it gut, we call it Holy Spirit, and certainly we pray over our decisions to hire interns. But anyway, like I said, I'm, I'm gushing over you a little bit, but I just, I felt so hmm. confident that um, you were a person that um, saw the mission of Christ as something um, to take seriously and to take personally. And that applies to your dating relationship that we just spent a lot of time talking about. And um, I think it, it's going to apply to your work in ministry, um, which is just so impressive to me. So uh, hopefully you don't make me a liar and turn out to be a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a I bad will, hire. But <laughs> I, I, I really, really appreciate your kind words, Chris. And I'll, I'll try not to make you a liar. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you will. Um, but yeah. I've been burned before, so... Don't don't hurt me. I'm just kidding. It's not about me. But uh, yeah. Um, well, let's kind of land there, and sure. we spent a lot of time talking about again your relationship. But it, I think it, uh, people listening to this story will get so much of who you are and what you're about by hearing mm. about that that story of your relationship. And I know we didn't quite get to the proposal and everything, and so I'm sure there's some some ladies that would be disappointed not to hear that part. Uh, it's all um, good. <laughs> but, but let's land there talking about ministry. I mentioned earlier that you were uh, and are a biblical text major. You're interested in pastoral ministry, um, and so you are not specifically looking to work uh, in youth ministry, but you were uh, very open to considering a youth ministry internship. What um, what is it that you were thinking when you signed up for uh, interviews with youth ministers, thinking about a youth ministry internship, knowing your long-term goal is um, pastoral ministry, pulpit minister, you know, something under that umbrella with, with biblical text being your major? Um, how do you see this summer internship and, and your what you can learn and what you can bring to the table? Um, how, how do you see that fitting into your long-term 
career and ministry goals? Yeah, I. Uh, so I, I think the distinction between youth ministry and uh, we'll just say uh, pastoral ministry is somewhat artificial. Mm. Um, and I think the Apostle Paul would agree with me. Uh, name drop. <laughs> is that because a lot of adults are actually children? Because I, that's been my experience. For sure. Just kidding. But not really. <laughs> Definitely not any of you guys. <laughs> None of you, yeah. No. Um, we can all be children sometimes. Yeah, no, you know, I, I think... I love the pastoral epistles in the New Testament, mm -hmm. uh, you know, First and Second Timothy, which, you know, is funny because they're considered pastoral ep epistles and they're written to Timothy, who uh, very clearly, at least according to the biblical text, very clearly is someone of a young age. Right. Um, I have always thought it's not a good idea if we try to, you know, I quote dumb down the mm. Bible mm -hmm. and dumb down its content and its challenges for uh, young people just for the sake of them being young. Um, you know, we're, we're told not to look down upon young people because right. of their age. Mm -hmm. uh, so my desire to go into youth ministry is uh, kind of twofold. And the first has to do with what I was just saying to walk with people that are of my age and um, just get to disciple them in a Christ-word direction. Because... Christ-word. Christ-word, like yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard somebody use it directionally like that. That's yeah, good. That, that's, that's, that's a Bunyan-ism right there for... Bunyan-ism? Yeah. But the, the, the Pilgrim's Progress guy, Bunyan. I can't think of his uh, name ever. Paul Bunyan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But Christ yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, now I, j I, com I completely derailed from my train of thought. I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> now I'm thinking you, of Pilgrim's Progress. You said that kind of your thoughts about youth yeah, okay, were yeah, yeah. twofold. One, helping students, walking alongside them, moving in a Christward direction. Yeah, in in the same way that any other like adult believer would. Yeah. Um, and then the other kind of um, you know aspect to my desire to go into youth ministry has to do with my history and uh, the way that youth ministry has impacted me. So I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times before in you know the office or at you know mm -hmm, lunch mm -hmm. with various people. When I was in middle school and high school, we had um, a couple of college guys that came back over the summer. Now they weren't interns, but they they very intentionally became a part of the small groups. They hung out with you know, those of us guys who were younger than them. And they they made the biggest difference in my faith that I think any individual people have mm. ever um, uh, before or since then. <laughs> so I, I always thought as I grew older that that was something I would want to do in turn for someone else. Yeah. Just the way that I was gathered around and the way that I was discipled and brought up by young men I want to be able to do that to other young men. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to, you know, get to know the guys and, and you know, even, even some of the, the, the young women, um, the, that's primarily Taryn's responsibility. I'm very passionate about right. the young men in this church mm -hmm. and gathering around them and trying to, um, you know, prompt them to grow 
in a way that the Holy Spirit is certainly willing to grow them if if they just are open to it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, one has to do with I I th- I think youth can handle a lot more than most people might, and mm-hmm. the other has to do with uh, I was treated. Yeah as a uh, with greater maturity than maybe most other youth students and i think it paid off really well yeah yeah well and i think you know uh, he we love because he first loved us right Mm, yeah this pattern all throughout scripture of and and you mentioned it earlier talking about um when we when we really reflect on what god has done for us and what christ has done for us there is a response of how can i pay it forward how can i continue this um, and especially in the context of what you're talking about, you use the word disciple and discipleship. I mean, that's the name of the game, right? Yeah. You and I both benefited from uh, older men in our lives, um, in addition to our families, um, who took seriously just the charge to have a relationship with a younger person um, and walk with them. And and, and yeah. that is, that's what we see, you know, between Paul and Timothy. That's what we see. Anytime there is true, authentic discipleship, it it it's hopefully self-reciprocating, right? That that it, it it creates within people a desire to pass it along, pay it forward, right? Um, and that's the name of the game, you know. We're not we're not making churchgoers, we're making Christ followers. Mm, um, so I really appreciate uh, appreciate you sharing your heart and your desire for ministry there. Uh, well, I see a great opportunity to return to some of these conversations throughout the summer. We'll see what happens. Uh, certainly, I think um, we'll have time to sit down with you and Taryn at the end of the summer and maybe hear some reflections on uh, the internship and the summer. Um, but thanks for taking a little bit of time here on the front end um, to, to just share a little bit about who you are and let people get to know you a little bit. Um, so, so again, thank you. All right. My pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. We'll see you next week.